0: Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Market View on Money FM 89.3.
1: Hello, I'm Hong Bin-jung bringing you your market wrap for the week. But before we dive into how the STI has performed this past week, let's first take a look at how it is faring at the moment. So taking a look at the SGX website, it seems that the STI has now rebounded into the green. It's currently up 0.04% at 3360 points. But it seems like decliners are still leading the pack at 313 to 194 after 889 million securities worth 590 million Singapore dollars changed hands. And so, joining me now to give us a wrap of markets this week is Amelia Tan, who is a research analyst at the SGX. Amelia, welcome to the show. Hi, Hong Bin. Thank you. Thanks for having
2: me today.
1: Hi, thank you for joining me today. So, let's just start off. The STI opened lower today, but it seems like it's rebounded back into the green.
2: What's moving markets today? Mm, true. In fact, as of this morning session, we saw the SDI decline slightly, about mm-hmm. 0.25%. In fact, that was also tracking the overnight losses that Wall Street also saw, mm-hmm. especially on the you know concerns of a potential rate hike further to continue for the rest of this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and not just Singapore market. In fact, across Asia, majority of the markets were also red in the morning. Mm-hmm. But you're right, looking at the... SGX price page now, we're in the green at the moment. Um, And looking at the top five traded stocks, I think DBS, UOB, OCBC were also in the green at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, St. Hel and Wilma probably a bit uh, flattish or also relatively mixed.
0: Mm. Now what's
2: moving the markets today or even for the rest of this week is probably the Fed. Um, And some of these speeches that the key officials have also been making, Mm -hmm. Um, they've been signaling, you know, more rate hikes that will continue for the rest of 2023. And not to mention, uh, we're also in the middle of earnings season and investors Mm -hmm. will still be looking into how the companies are releasing their results for 2022 and what's their outlook for this year, especially with the inflation, high costs and interest rates to continue. So
1: you just earlier mentioned about how the uh, how policymakers, them warning about, mm-hmm. you know, keeping interest rates higher for longer in the United States, have impacted the STI. I mean, the STI was mostly in the red this week, mm. I believe. How big of an impact did it have?
2: Mm. Yeah, right. So so far in the week to date, STI declined about 0.7% in price returns mm-hmm. as of this morning. And during the week, we hit a high of about 3,397 on Tuesday mm-hmm. before reaching a low yesterday at around 3,355 levels. Um, Thursday saw STI's biggest single day drop with mm-hmm. a decline of close to a full percentage point. And this was also following updates from the Fed Reserve that interest rates are likely to remain higher for longer, mm-hmm. especially in a battle against inflation. And because of this, markets generally across the board recorded Mm -hmm. declines during the second half of this week. So you're right to say that the markets have indeed been driven a lot by the Fed's commentaries throughout the week. And Mm -hmm. in fact, on Tuesday, we heard the Fed Chair Jerome Powell comment that inflation was slowing. Mm -hmm. But he also cautioned that further interest rate increases are still very much likely, especially if economic data overall Mm -hmm. doesn't Cooperate. And the other Fed officials have also chimed in this. And this also means that over the past week, the outlook for the Fed funds rate did mars- become marginally hawkish. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also saw the CME Fed Watch tool now predicting that the next two Fed meetings will both see 25 basis point hikes.
0: Mm-hmm. And this
2: also will then take the potential peak band to a range of um, 5 to 5. 0.25% mm. with a pivot of no change at the June meeting. Mm-hmm. And the first potential rate cut was also pushed forward from the, the November meeting to December meeting. Mm. And seeing that there's still seven more meetings for the rest of the year, and as the Fed chair indicated on Tuesday evening, this word, disflationary, right? So the disflationary process is yet to start and the Fed monitored and also wage impacted is mm-hmm. the core personal consumption expenditure, ex housing services segment of the inflation. So yes, overall a relatively volatile week and markets are continuing to stay a very, very close watch to the indications from what the Fed's saying and will be awaiting for more economic data.
1: Right, right. And you know, it's also earnings season as you mentioned. So who were who would you say were the biggest movers of the STI this week?
2: Good question. So, in terms of the STI, maybe I'll just break it down into two ways that okay. we typically look at. So, one is in terms of a price change perspective. Mm-hmm. So, looking at the data, you know, as a Thursday evening cutoff, we saw about a third of the STI generating gains while mm. two-thirds were posting declines. And if we look at it on a best-performing STI stock basis, the best-performing ones were definitely SEMCOM Industries, Emperado and also UOB on the other hand biggest decliners of the STI for the week were Capital DC REIT mm-hmm. CICT and Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust mm-hmm. now Samcob Industries which is one of the best performers this week they've generated you know close to 6% price gains in the week. And in Mm -hmm. fact, over lunch today, don't know whether you saw the news, but they've signed an MOU with one of their partners, Beccomax IDC, and they will be establishing five industrial parks in Vietnam valued Mm. at about a billion US dollars. Now that's from a price perspective. Mm -hmm. From a fund flow perspective, across the last five sessions, what we're seeing from our side is institutional inflows into the three largest stocks, for example, UOB, mm. OCBC, and Genting Singapore, totaling over about 140 million okay. in institutional net inflows. On the other hand, the biggest institutional net outflows were recorded in Capricop, Maple Tree Logistics Trust, and mm-hmm. also Wilma, totaling over about 112 million. Mm. Now, looking beyond the STI and just a look at the overall Singapore market. We saw institutional fund inflows into our Singapore stocks at about a hundred million US mm-hmm. dollars, and in fact, this also continues from the fund flows that we saw coming into the market for the past two weeks, indicating that insti investors are also returning to our market. Mm-hmm. And from a sector lens, just to share what we're seeing, is that the highest net inflows over the last five sessions were across. Financial services, consumer cyclicals, and technology stocks. And mm. on the other hand, the outflows were recorded mostly in industrials, reits, and also energy, oil, and gas.
1: Okay, okay, and and just I just want to stick to earnings season for a minute. But <laughs> um, SGX has posted its earnings with it posted a thirty point one percent rise in first half profit to two hundred and eighty four point six million Singapore dollars. Any surprises there?
2: Um, maybe we'll just draw a little bit of attention to the financial sector mm-hmm. as as an overall because I mean, um, yes, we've we've had good results from BSGX, but mm-hmm. I think something that I would also look forward to would be the banks that's mm-hmm. starting to be reporting with DBS kicking off, you know, reporting season on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, for for the banks. Um DBS will be reporting coming Monday. I think UOB is gonna be reporting on February twenty third and O C B C on the twenty fourth. Um, probably something just to touch a little bit about the what's sort of what investors and analysts are expecting mm-hmm. um, in terms of these banks. I think um, the market generally are expecting the banks to post uh, perhaps stronger growth in their interest margins for last quarter. Okay. Um, and in fact, some analysts are already expecting that these banks could deliver slightly better dividends along mm-hmm. with better margin growth. And the recent rate hikes that we've seen throughout last year have indeed driven up borrowing costs. And this has helped to boost the net interest margins of the banks. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, however, the rate of the net interest margins expansion is possibly expected to moderate over time, especially with the higher cost of funding that the banks are going to be seeing, you know, with with people increasingly going into fixed deposits and also more people saving. Mm -hmm. And just to share, you know, a recap, from what we've seen in last year's bank's results, DBS, they've reported higher net profit for the quarter, 20, mm-hmm. 23% higher quarter-on-quarter in fact, and ROE was about 16%, both hitting new highs. Mm. And in fact, for DBS, their total income grew 20% from higher net interest margins reaching 1.9% and also they saw sustained business momentum. For DBS, their asset quality was also resilient and their non-performing loans have also improved to 1.2%. Same thing that we've seen in UOB; they reported record third quarter net profit, which was up 26% quarter on quarter. And Mm -hmm. this was backed by, of course, strong net interest income, which registered double digit growth in fact to cross the $2 billion mark. Mm. And net interest margin is also expanded to 1.95%. The asset quality has also stabilised. Non-performing loan ratio improved to 1.5%. And the bank also expects ASEAN economies to show resilience and avoid a recession this year. Now, the last one, OCBC. Their third-quarter net profit grew over 31% year-on-year, also hitting a new high, and its net interest income surpassed the $2 billion mark for the first time on the back of net interest margin expansion to 2.06%. And they've also seen a sustained loan growth. And for them, the non-performing loans ratio has also declined to 1.2%. Now, that being said, mm-hmm. we definitely look to what the banks are reporting over the next few weeks and we'll be you know, watching quite closely on the outlook statements for, the, for 2023 mm-hmm. to see how they're dealing with the increased credit costs Higher interest rates, rising costs, and generally weaker global growth.
0: Okay, okay.
1: And I wanna move away from Singapore now and to a broader picture. We've got more mm-hmm. we've gotten more data out of the United States as well, mm-hmm. including that report on initial jobless claims. Did it offer any clue on whether rate hikes are here to stay
2: for longer? So it was also interesting, you know, having taken a look at the U.S. weekly jobless claims report Mm -hmm. that was released last night, the initial claims increased, I think, by 13,000 on Mm -hmm. a seasonally adjusted basis. And in fact, this round marks the first increase in claims since, Mm -hmm. I think, mid to end December last year. Mm -hmm. But taking a look at the four-week moving average of these claims, which is normally considered you know, as a better measure of labour market trends, the four-week moving average actually fell by Mm -hmm. 2,500 claims. And this actually reached a lowest level in nine months, last Mm. seen in April 2022. So the claims have remained low, despite, you know, all the high-profile layoffs that we've seen in tech giants, media companies, Mm. and also the finance sector. And earlier this week, in a State of the Union speech, the U.S. president also said that U.S. has gained over 12 million jobs since he took office. And last week's jobs report data showed that you know over half a million positions were being added in January across several sectors. As a result, mm-hmm. the numbers seem to indicate and suggest that labor market remains tight. And it also seems to suggest that perhaps a much-anticipated recession is not anywhere that's near. Now, that being said some economists also believe that the seasonal adjustment factors were what's keeping the claims lower, and mm-hmm. these factors will generally be updated at the end of March. So okay. we'll see more when data is uh, being reported later on. But like we said earlier on, you mm-hmm. know, the tightening monetary policy stance is also to try and curb inflation, which has indeed heated up quite significantly over the past year. And watching the speeches made by the Fed officials over mm-hmm. the past week, Outlook has seemingly become more hawkish and the Fed officials have also been telegraphing of you know further rate hikes right. at least until the end of this year mm-hmm. for as long as it is necessary to bring down overall inflation.
1: Okay, okay. Would you say then there has been a shift in market optimism that rate hikes are going to end by this year i mean i think we've seen a lot of market participants betting that the rate hikes are going to end or take a pause Mm -hmm. but now it seems
2: like they believe that it's going to stay here Mm -hmm. for longer Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say there's been a sort of direct shift in market mm-hmm. optimism, and maybe it's also too premature to come to a conclusion of okay. yet. That we're only barely into middle of February, mm-hmm. and we've still got another ten more months <laughs> yes, to the rest of the do. year, right? However, uh, nonetheless, you know, interest rates and inflation; these are key topics that will continue, and, and they're going to be remain they're going to remain very topical mm-hmm. this year. And markets, investors, definitely they're going to be keeping a very close watch on the numbers. Mm -hmm. And that being said, there are also other key drivers for our market this year, especially within the context of Singapore Mm -hmm. and also within Asia. You know, yesterday we saw the government announce, right, that we've finally entered the DOSCON green level after three years. Yeah. And mask wearing, COVID-related measures will also be removed, mm. which further emphasizes the reopening theme that we've always been talking about, that's been in play. Mm-hmm. And these will affect sectors like retail, hospitality, okay. events, travel, leisure. Within Singapore, Mm-hmm. And also within the region. Mm. Now, in China, they've also, you know, most recently relaxed some of its COVID nineteen measures at a faster pace than expected. And together with some of the various measures to support the property sector in China, it would seem that the authorities are also prioritizing growth, which could provide a much needed boost to the local, uh, the global economy. And in fact, investors we feel are positive on Asia's growth in the coming years.
0: Mm -hmm. in two
2: folds okay number one the OECD the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development Mm -hmm. they predicted that Asia will be the main engine of growth in the next two years despite slower global growth
0: Mm -hmm. and also
2: in a recent survey that the IMAS Investment Management Association of Singapore they published a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. the survey showed that fund managers in Singapore are generally upbeat about Asian equity and credit markets in 2023, mm-hmm. especially within the Asia-Japan region. Okay. And the majority of them are expecting a solid 10 to 20% recovery in equities. Mm. And in fact, what we're seeing from the Southside Broker Research Houses is that they're also encouraging the pivot to look at companies with resilient earnings, which will benefit from the global reopening scene mm. and festivities, and in particular, Uh, ASEAN consumer staple, discretionary stocks are some of the examples and perhaps it's also a reason why we saw STI gain 3.5% and Singapore REITs gain about 7% in the month of January alone.
1: Oh, that's some in-depth analysis there. What else should investors look out for next week then, Amelia? I believe Singapore's GDP numbers are out next Mm -hmm. week as well? Yep,
2: it's coming out on Monday. Mm -hmm. In fact, next week's going to be a relatively busy week. So Mm -hmm. you're right, GDP numbers are coming out on Monday, Monday. The budget's going to be delivered on Tuesday, which is also Valentine's Day. There's Nordics numbers coming out on mm. Friday. Not to mention, we're still in the middle of earnings season. There mm-hmm. will be many more companies reporting next week. For example, DBS sets reporting on Monday. Mm-hmm. Quite a number of our Singapore reads also: Paragon Read, Sasser Read, Fires Hospitality Read, First Read, just to name a few. Mm. And beyond Singapore, there's also a few more. Um, dates that we'll look out for. There's the release of U.S. Consumer Price Index, Mm -hmm. which will be a key data point in the Fed's plans for future rate hikes. There's also the retail sales data and -hmm. also industrial production data, just to mention a few.
1: Okay, well, it seems like it's going to be a very busy week next week and it will be very interesting how the STI reacts to that. Well, thank you so much, Emila, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We've been speaking with Amelia Tan, research analyst at the SGX. Stay with MoneyFM 89.3.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.